Good morning. So all of us here enjoy the privilege of being able to think about the big issues, the really big issues like, did Jesus have a sense of humor? What did he laugh at? Would he watch the Washington Nationals? So I, I believe, and I think you all do, that Jesus had a sense of humor. But in true Episcopal fashion, I wanted confirmation from a noted theologian. So I read The Humor of Christ by the Quaker theologian Elton Trueblood. And after reading Mr. Trueblood's book, I discovered that my sense of humor was apparently the theological equivalent of knock-knock jokes. So I didn't find his book to be particularly helpful. So undeterred, I then did what any reasonable Episcopalian would do. I went to the next higher authority, Amazon Books, and I typed in, did Jesus have a sense of humor? And as you might expect, Amazon had recommendations. And I am not making this up. Here are two of those recommendations. How to Talk to Your Cat About Gun Safety by Zachary Auburn. And, and a book on taxidermy described as, quote, a humorous look at what happens when taxidermy goes terribly wrong, end quote. So we all, all of us, we're here. We want to be part of the Episcopal Church. But there's another big issue concerning the Episcopal Church, which is arguably more, pros more pressing and serious, that we should be talking about, and that is the future of the Episcopal Church. Some leaders, and I emphasize some leaders of the Episcopal Church, and several long-term academic observers of the church are issuing dire warnings about the church's future, saying publicly that the Episcopal Church is dying and by 2050 could cease to exist as we know it today. The academic observers foresee by 2050 a church consisting of relatively few wealthy congregations in a handful of reorganized dioceses. What underlies these public statements, and should we in Christ Church pay attention to these predictions? So to put all of this in context and clarify the issue, we need to look briefly at our gospel readings for the last couple of weeks. Since early June, our gospel stories have come from Luke, and they focus on Jesus' travel to Jerusalem to face his crucifixion. The message from Jesus is clear. Change is coming. Get ready. For example, the crowd was following Jesus when a man asked him to intervene in his family's dispute over an inheritance. Jesus replied, One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Be rich towards God. Later in his journey, Jesus said to another crowd, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit, for the Son of Man comes at an unexpected hour. And still later in his journey, Jesus said to the crowd, I came to bring fire, not peace. I have come to bring division. You know how to interpret the weather, but don't know how to interpret the present time. So our rector, in his sermons reflecting on these stories, and noting the changes in the world these days, often asked a valuable question. 
How can you find your true self in the midst of so much change? But let's include the Episcopal Church, so the question becomes, how can the Episcopal Church find its true identity in the midst of so much change? And to put it in maybe more concrete terms, look at today's gospel where Jesus says, no one can become my disciple if you don't give up all of your possessions. So suppose your possessions, our possessions, include this diocese and the structure of the National Episcopal Church. How do we respond if we have to be prepared to give up the church structure that we have known in our church lives? So what's going on? Why are church leaders issuing these dire warnings? So number one, the number of baptized members of the Episcopal Church has declined from 3.4 million in 1959 to 1.8 million in 2019, which is the last year these figures were available. Second and worse, the number of people actually attending all Episcopal churches declined considerably. In 2000, the average Sunday attendance in Episcopal churches nationwide was 856,000. In 2019, Sunday attendance was about 500,000. This is consistent with declining attendance all across denominations in the United States. But beyond membership and attendance, there are other concerns raised by several leaders in the church. Weddings and baptisms have declined dramatically. The Episcopal Church is overwhelmingly white, the slowest growing demographic. Our members are aging. 55% of Episcopal Church members are at least 60. And some dioceses and Episcopal seminaries are struggling financially and face merger and closure. So if you put all of this together, and if these trends continue, there's trouble ahead. On the other hand, there are positive signs. Giving is up. Giving through plate and pledge increased to $1.35 billion, that's billion dollars, in 2019. The number of congregations in 2019 only slightly declined, even if churches had fewer people attending. And the number of clergy is high and holding steady. So these trends, are, they're not secret. They've been known for years. But it's only recently that a few Episcopal church leaders and academic observers have begun to publicly warn that the church is in trouble. Most outspoken have been the bishops of Minnesota, Vermont, northwestern Pennsylvania, and western New York, along with senior leaders in other dioceses, Michigan, Missouri, and central New York. And not surprisingly, these are the dioceses most vulnerable to the trends of declining attendance and aging congregants. The Bishop of Minnesota has been particularly blunt in his sermon from November 2021. We are ministers in a dying church. We have worried about it. We have denied it. We have decided to fight over small distractions and chase a vision of success measured by size, wealth, and influence. Academic observers have been more blunt. A vivid assessment comes from a former academic dean at a, an Episcopal seminary who, evidently seeking a creative way to express his concerns, 
partly quoted the Bill Murray character in Ghostbusters. Think of the scene with Bill Murray trying to convince the mayor why spirits in New York City are a bad idea. The news, friends, continues to be not good, very bad, alarming, four horsemen of the apocalypse, dogs and cats living together, bad. So these struggling dioceses have been described as canaries in the coal mine. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. Today, the Episcopal Church is thriving in many parts of the United States, including here on G Street. The trends described today might be reversed or they might change significantly. And it's still too early to gauge the impact of COVID and whether decline comes more swiftly in the church or whether there's a rebound. But what if these voices are right? So to wrap this up, we should all be able to agree that we, that if we have a challenge, let's recognize it, let's name it, let's start talking about it, and take concrete steps to address it. We know that stats can be hard to understand and that stats can be misrepresented, except, of course, in the case of the last place nationals who really are that bad. <laughs> but if these trends continue, there is trouble ahead, if not for the entire Episcopal Church, then certainly for a substantial part of it. If the trends continue, the way ahead is complicated. It's not just about the number of members or average Sunday attendance or pledges. Those are important to be sure, but what if we can't grow ourselves or spend ourselves out of a future problem? If we are clear about our core reasons for being a church community, to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, we can do our best to adapt, and adapt is key, we can adapt our communities to what comes. So Jesus' words still resonate today. We don't always know how to interpret the present time, so be ready, for the challenge may come at an unexpected hour. Be prepared to give up something of value, especially if it means being rich towards God. Ideally, some of us here today and some of the people at 9 o'clock begin to think about and talk about the future of the Episcopal Church and join soon with others in the church to find ways when change comes to manage that change with integrity. In every generation of the church, there are challenges to following Jesus. More challenges are coming our way. Let's be ready. Amen. The Nicene Creed is found on page 358 in the Book of Common Prayer. <clears throat> 